Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we've come to the fourth Sunday of Advent. This time of anticipation, waiting for the coming of Christ, has reached its fulfillment. And the Church invites us to look at Mary. We've seen two other great Advent figures, Isaiah the prophet, John the Baptist. But now, as Advent comes to its high point, the church says, look to Mary. I might have told you this story a few years ago, but many years ago, when I was a CPE student, that means clinical pastoral education, it's part of your formation as a seminarian, I was working in a hospital with a group of all non-Catholic students. And one day I brought my breviary, my prayer book in, and one of the Lutheran students picked it up, and she was paging through it. And she said, you know, you Catholics are really obsessed with Mary. I think you put her higher than Christ. She said in kind of a, a playful, provocative way. I said, no, no. Mary stands to Christ as the moon stands to the sun. She's a reflection of Christ. All of the Marian doctrines and dogmas are Christological in purpose. That's to say they're meant to draw our attention in some ways to Christ. Think of that moon example again. You can just barely glimpse at the sun for maybe a half second. But you can stare all night at the moon if you want. In a similar way, the intensity of Christ sometimes is overwhelming. But reflected in Mary, we can see and we can meditate, we can contemplate. One reason why the church is continually proposing Mary to us. Well, here, at the end of Advent, we see. What specifically, though, is it about Mary that is attuned to Advent? I think it's this. She is in her person the summation, the recapitulation of the whole people Israel. Mary is faithful Israel. In the face of evil, injustice, stupidity, sin, all of which were marring His beautiful creation, God resolved to form a people to shape them according to His own heart so that they would become a vehicle of His presence to the world and from this people would come as a kind of flowering, the Messiah. Thus can you see, Israel considered in its totality is like Mary, designed to give birth to the Messiah. Mary, in her person, recapitulates, sums up, fulfills this story of Israel. 
the story of a long pregnancy preparing for the coming of the Christ. And so in her, we can read, as it were, the whole Old Testament. And I think it's this Mary-Israel connection that the church wants us to see on the fourth Sunday of Advent. First of all, we can see Mary is the new Eve. Eve abandoned paradise when she attempted to cling to godliness. When she arrogated to herself the determination of good and evil. When she said, I am the Lord of my own life. I will become like God, knowing good and evil. On the biblical telling, this was the originating sin. Passed on now in a million different forms to all of her descendants. When we make ourselves the criterion of good and evil, when we make ourselves into God, then we fall apart and our communities, our society, ultimately the cosmos falls apart. That's the biblical take. What's the story of Israel? The story of God's steady and relentless and faithful attempt to reverse the momentum of this originating sin. By trying to form a people as his friends, as those who would accept his law and accept his life as a gift and allow themselves to flourish under its influence. With that in mind, recall that great scene of the Annunciation. Hearing the word of the angel, Mary said, Be it done unto me according to your word. Eve grasped at godliness. Eve, the mother here of all sinners, tried to make herself into God. What does Mary do as she reverses the momentum of the original sin? She acquiesces. She accepts. She allows God to plant His Word deep in her. And in that moment of acquiescence, be it done unto me, in that fiat, Mary becomes pregnant with God's own life. In a related way, not the exact same sense obviously, but in a related way, all of us, members of the Church of Christ, when we acquiesce to God's Word, we accept, we say, yes, let it be done unto me. God's life takes root in us. You see how it works? Eve's grasping blocked the flow of grace, blocked the flow of the divine life. Mary's fiat, her acquiescence, her acceptance, allow that life to flow into the world for its salvation. That's why in that beautiful medieval commentary, the Ave of the angel, Hail Mary, is the reversal of Eva, Eve. Mary's the new Eve who allows the divine grace to rush into the world. We keep staring at Mary, the moon, 
We see too that she's evocative of Moses for a couple of reasons. First, Mary is comparable to the burning bush out of which God's voice addressed Moses. Remember that great scene in the third chapter of the book of Exodus? The bush is on fire, yet it is not consumed. And from that bush comes the voice of God. How does God relate to the world? Not invasively, not interruptively, not overwhelmingly. Rather, the closer God gets, the more we are ourselves. God's glory is that we be fully alive. We're not consumed by God's presence. Rather, we are illuminated by it, raised and elevated by it. So Mary, the church fathers often said, is like this burning bush because Christ, the divine presence, is alive in her and it does not overwhelm her, does not suppress her, but rather makes her radiant and luminous. So she says in the great Magnificat prayer, My soul doth magnify the Lord. Her soul is most itself when Christ is closest to her. She's also evocative of Moses in this sense, that she is the true and new Ark of the Covenant. Just as the tablets of the law were placed within the covenant, within the um, Ark rather, as a sign of God's presence to His people, so the law now in person is placed within the Ark of Mary's body. She becomes the bearer of the law in the fullest sense. When I used to give tours at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, over the left portal on the facade, there was a depiction of the Ark of the Covenant and just above it a depiction of Mary with the Christ child on her lap. There's that correlation. She is the true Ark. By extension, we can say Mary is the new and true temple. The temple in Jerusalem, with its holy of holies, was a place where God was pleased to dwell, where His people came to commune with Him. Mary now, who bears the Christ child in her, the holy of holies, is herself the new temple. There's a lovely legend, hard to verify historically, but it's theologically right that says Mary, as a young girl, was dedicated as a servant in the temple, that she helped to sew the veil over the Holy of Holies. Again, appropriate, because she is the new and true temple. More to it, Mary calls to mind a whole series of holy Israelite women who became mothers against all odds. Think of the nameless mother of Samson, who was infertile. But then, through her prayer, through her fidelity, she becomes a mother. Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel, who was childless and who prayed day and night to God. And she gives birth. Sarah, the wife of Abraham, who was also barren, and who in her extreme old age gave birth to Isaac. And finally, Mary's own kinswoman, Elizabeth, who was infertile and advanced in years, 
And she became pregnant with John the Baptist. The Virgin Mary. How is this possible? I know not man. The Virgin Mary who gives birth now sums up, calls to mind, fulfills, recapitulates all these women. And they preach a central biblical truth. New life comes through a stance of radical trust in the Lord for whom all things are possible. When we stand at the end of our strength, at the limit of our hope, that's when God acts. When we say, Lord, be it done to me, Lord, you act, that's when the divine life flows. Finally, in her great Magnificat, Mary is the new Isaiah, the new Jeremiah, the new Ezekiel. She's the greatest prophet. Listen to her speak. He has shown the strength of his arm. He's scattered the proud in their conceit. He's filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Listen, neither Isaiah, nor Jeremiah, nor Daniel, nor Ezekiel, nor Zechariah, nor Amos, nor any of the prophets ever spoke so eloquently and powerfully of the coming of the Messiah. Mary sums up all these great Old Testament figures and speaks this great biblical truth. So friends, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, stare at Mary as you'd stare at the moon. For in her reflected light, we see the history of Israel and we see the glory of Christ who is himself the glory of his people Israel and God bless you I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.